You're listening to a message from Ogden Church, a gospel-centered ministry for all people. We hope during the next few minutes you gain a better understanding of God's love expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. We are so glad that you're worshiping with us this morning. This is our final week looking at the I Am statements in the Gospel of John. These statements are significant where Jesus says, I am something. They're really important statements. They help us understand more about who God is, who Jesus is expressing God to be. And they tie us to the character of God through all of Scripture. These Statements make us think of when Moses is is having a conversation with the burning bush and he says, who should I tell Pharaoh sent me? And he says, tell him, I am sent you. So when Jesus says, I am something, he's claiming to be in alignment and the full expression of God. I think that it's fair to say that as a culture, As a people in the United States, anxiety and stress are at an all-time high level. I heard somebody say recently that pre-pandemic, for all of our country in the United States, about 17% of people would say that they have a a symptom of clinical depression. One of many symptoms, they would say, look, I feel like this is something I experience on a semi-consistent basis. Post-pandemic, that number is about 40%. Now, way more people are experiencing stress and anxiety, and I think we begs the question for us, how can we respond when things get hard? When stress comes our way, we're not sure what to do. I've experienced different levels of anxiety through my life. One of them was when I was doing driver's training. I don't know if you remember this for yourself. I was super stressed out. I'm a worrier by nature. And I remember driving at night one time. And what happened was the person on the other side of the road that was coming toward me had their bright lights on. And I couldn't see anything. I felt like I was blinded. And now I'm behind the wheel of a car for probably like the third time. And I can't see what's in front of me. Now, I remember my driver's training teacher or my parents or something said, hey, what you need to do when you do that, when when that happens, when you find yourself in that situation, you got to look down at the line that's right next to you on the side of the road that shows you where the edge of the road is. And that will keep you going where you're supposed to go. When you can't see other things, what are you supposed to do? When you experience anxiety, where are you supposed to focus? What happened right before verse 1 in chapter 14 is Jesus told his disciples, he's like, I'm leaving. And they are anxious and stressed out. And then Jesus responds to their stress in this way. Verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Where, where can we turn? When we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we're depressed. We turn to Jesus. We turn our eyes upon him. Where can we look when we when our hearts are afraid. Where can we look? Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Belief in 
Christ in God creates calm in our hearts when we turn our eyes to him. And when our gaze is upon Jesus, three things happen. We see a destination ultimately for us. He gives us direction. And we see a display. We see destination, direction, and display. In the next two verses, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I think some of us probably need to hear that today. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus says, my father's house, it has many rooms. There, there are more than enough rooms in God's house for anybody who repents and comes to Jesus and says, forgive me. God's not going to say, well, we're full. That doesn't happen. There's more than enough room in God's house for those that are going to follow Jesus there. He said, I'm going ahead of you to prepare a place for you. You see, in order to get to God, in order for us to have our hearts reconnected to God the way we, we were created to be, we need someone to show us the way, to lead the way there. Somebody who knows where that destination is. Connection to Jesus is the path to the Father. He says, I'm going ahead of you, and I will come back for you. It's got me thinking of times in history when somebody went through something in order that a whole group of other people could have that same experience. I heard the story at the leadership summit that we hosted here at the church on Thursday and Friday. One of the speakers talked about how the beginning of chemotherapy happened. Said that there was a doctor who was tasked with solving childhood leukemia. And at the time, 99% of children that were diagnosed with childhood leukemia would die within six weeks. It was a horrible death. And they went to this one guy who got a job and they said, Well, here, here's your job. You're, you're supposed to address this issue. And he saw the treatment that was taking place, and, and there were four different drugs that were administered over a longer period of time because the side effects were so intense. So he thought, what if we address these, this issue with, with all of these drugs at the same time? And he came to the place where they couldn't do a long-term study. It was just too long, and these kids didn't have the time. And so he went to his boss, and he said, can I try this? And his boss said, yeah. And so he picked one child and, and gave it a shot, and, and they gave all of this medication to a child at the same time, just wondering, like, is this child going to make it through? And the child made it through the treatment, and over the progression of figuring out the treatment, it went from a 99% death rate to a 90% survival rate for children. All because one person was able to step into the unknown to make a way for others to get there. 
Jesus goes where we couldn't go to come back and give us the way to get to the Father. He came from heaven. He knows where it is, and He's coming back. In one of the books that I was reading, it says there's really two types of people in the world, in the Christian world. There's people that never think about Jesus coming back, and then there's people that think about it way too much. It's important that we realize, like, no, 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 this isn't the end. The world that we live in is not the way it's supposed to be. And at one point, we are promised by our Savior that he went to prepare a place, and he's coming back for his people. There's a destination, and it's not here. Stop trying to live like this world's your ultimate end. When you live that way, it's crushing, and you're like, why aren't things the way they're supposed to be? We broke it. But he's going to fix it. You see, he, when we keep our eyes and our gaze on the cross, when we look at Jesus, he gives us a destination. He says, there's a place that you're going to. I'm going to go there, and I'm going to come back for you. And he also gives us the direction. Now, this is one of my favorite parts in verses 5 and 6. He says all this, the disciples are in distress, they're all around, right? And then Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Have you ever been in a situation where you're hearing something and nobody gets it, but everybody's pretending like they do? You're all standing around, everybody's nodding like, yeah, good point, Jesus. Uh-huh. Yep, that's good, I'm with you. And then Thomas is that guy, you know, that one guy who's like, no, 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 what? Wait. You said, I know the way, I don't know the way. You see, there's, we're all looking for some specific direction to say like, well, God, just give me this list of do's and don'ts so I can earn my way. And Jesus says, no, 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 it's not about you doing it. I'm going to do it. You can't be the way. I am the way. And I know that this is difficult. And there's a lot of people that, that really wrestle with the idea that a good, loving God would make only one exclusive way back to God. Is this exclusive? Is the question that people ask. How could a loving God send people, like they're astonished that, that hell actually exists. But when we start to understand our internal condition and the brokenness of the human soul, the amazing thing isn't that people are separated from God for eternity. The amazing thing is that anybody is given a way to get back home. Amen. This is the miracle that takes place. This is what we should be in awe in. Is God, I cannot believe that you would give me the grace to come back home to you. And Jesus says, you, you can't do it. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way except through me. And this is beautiful, and, and I'm going to tell you why. Because sometimes I have a home, a home project that I'm doing, and I'll get excited about this. I talk about that. I'm bad at these things. You, you who go to church here, you know. Like, why? Why? You, you keep doing this, and it's bad. So I, I get excited. I'm ready to do a home project. I think I know what I need, and I go to Lowe's. I drive to Lowe's. In the parking lot, I'm excited. Get out of my car. I walk to the door. The door just opens. I don't have to do anything. It just opens up. <laughs> I enter the building. All of a sudden, all of my excitement turns to fear and dread. And I'm like, there are a billion products in here, all of which I don't understand. I can't really describe what I'm looking for. And so I'm just meandering through the store. And I got that look on my face, that look that looks like this dude needs help bad, right? So the employees walk up. And I have two different experiences. The first one, the employee walks up and says, Sir, uh, can I help you? I said, Yes. I have this thing that's broken. I need your help. I try to describe it. They're like, okay, what you need is an aisle 11. Go to aisle 11, find it. I go to aisle 11, and then, again, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know. I find myself, I'm like, why am I buying an extension cord? I have enough. I'm buying something else that I don't need because I'm confused. I don't know where I am. I'm trying to look like I know what I'm doing. So I'm still confused. It's not helpful. Told me sort of where to go. Go down there, take a right. I did that, still lost. The second ty- type of employee that walks up to me, it's like, sir, can I help you? It's like, well, yeah, here, here's what I'm looking for. And then they say, hey, let's, come on, let's go together. You come with me. And all of a sudden, they take me exactly where I need to go because they knew something I didn't know. You see, we desperately want God to just tell us, like, hey, just, just give me a list. You know why you want to know the things that you should do? is so that you can feel good about yourself. But what Jesus says is fall in love with me. And when you fall in love with me, you will want to do the things that I'm desiring for you to do. Love, heart change. Not heart change, then love. We need to fall in love with Christ first, and then he becomes the direction for our lives. Where's the way? He says, I am the way. He's your hope. You know what? We, we're all desperately broken. I heard somebody just say to me, like, they, they talk, they're a faithful believer now and follow after Christ. And they said somebody came to their house to try to evangelize them. And, and he thought to himself, I'm just as good as you are. You know what? That's true, actually but we're all suffering from the same terminal condition that only Christ can solve. And he says, I am the way. He pays the price you couldn't pay so you could go the place that you could never get into without him. It's only by the grace of the Father and the forgiveness of the Son that we're brought home. Destination, direction, and then display. Jesus is so unbelievably amazing. And then in verse 7, he says, there's no other way to the Father except through me. Verse 7, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. This is unbelievable to the Jewish mind. This would have been mind-blowing because if you saw God, you were supposed to just melt like Raiders of the Lost Ark melt, be done. Like, his glory shines so bright, it would just be crushing for a sinful soul to be in his presence. 
And he says, no, no, no. If you really know me, you know my Father as well. The perfect expression of who God is. We, in the Old Testament, would see glimpses of God's character and see his love, his grace, his discipline, his wrath, his justice. We'd see all those things expressed differently. But to see them perfectly expressed in the person of Jesus, people wonder, like, how can I know what God is like? Look at Jesus. He says, if you know me, you know the Father as well. And what they saw dimly before, they see vividly in high definition with Christ. He shows it perfectly in his character and who he is. Football season's coming up, right? Non sequitur. And, and football's on TV. This was the first football game ever shown in 1939 on TV. And this is what it looked like. And you're like, who's playing? Are those people? Where's the ball? I think I know who the refs are. That's about it. You're looking at it like, what is going on? I, yeah, like I know what football is. I can recognize it. I can follow it a little bit. And now when you watch football, it looks like that. You're seeing definition that you didn't even want to see. You're like, zoom out, okay? <laughs> you see it all. You see it the way it's meant to be seen. In fact, so much so now, like people will be like, why am I going to the game? I'm going to go sit way up there to see the ants again? I want to see this. I want to see the real deal. And what Jesus does is he puts on vivid display the beauty of the Father so that we can see who God is and know Him as we know Jesus and to the extent that we know Jesus. Fall in love with the Father as we understand more about the character of Christ. I'm going to read all these verses together. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I would not have told you that I, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be, may be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you know him and you have seen him. Falling in love with Jesus. Recognizing that everything else the world has to offer is fleeting And, and what people often say to me is like, well, if it's about falling in love and about grace, then, then why, how am I going to be different? Maybe, maybe I'll just live into God's grace and, and, you know, maybe I'll just sort of live all my old ways, but be receiving the grace of God. But when our hearts are captured, when we fall in love, our lives change. Let me tell you what I mean. 
I, I did youth ministry for a long time. I, I worked with middle school and high school students, and we'd take these kids on retreats. And what you learn about middle school students is they're kind of stinky, especially the boys. <laughs> yes, those of you who are around them, you're like, amen, preach it. <laughs> Truest thing you've said. They smell bad. And, and their moms, they're, they're, they're like, come on. Tommy, just take a shower, please. Just take a shower. Here's the older end. I got five kinds. Which one smells the best to you? And she's trying to wipe him on his way out the door. She's like, just, just put your hand up. She's trying to like inadvertently rub deodorant on his arm. No, mom, back off. I'm being me. That's my musk. That's my natural musk. Something happens around October of the seventh grade year. Tommy's sitting in class, and, and a young lady catches his eye. He's like, whoa, I never thought that before. I never felt like that. She's pretty good looking. Then all of a sudden, his mom can't stop him from taking showers. He's dousing himself in Axe body spray, which is bad for everybody. But for some reason, this guy's just trying to cover it up so he looks more attractive. So he is better looking for this person. And what was a chore and painful before becomes a joy, and you can't stop him from doing it. Why? Because he fell in love. His heart was captured, so his behavior changed. And in the same way, when you fall in love with Jesus, you're like, guess what? They, there's nobody I want to please but him. He's been too good to me. For me to trample on his grace, never. Because my heart has been captured by the grace of a good God who said, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to make a room for you. I love you that much. You want to know the list of rules? I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through me. And he puts on display the very glory of God. Do you wonder why it's hard to change sometimes? Most likely it's because you're falling in love with the things of the world over Christ himself. Look at the cross. Be amazed and be different. Changed because of the love of Christ. Have your heart captured and recaptured again. And there will be no day that you wake up and feel like it's boring. He's too good. Where do we look? When our hearts are afraid, we gaze upon the cross of Christ and hope is found. Let's pray and then we'll close. God, I praise you for your word that you give us. God, we're in awe again that you would even make a way for those of us that are lost. You took the, the punishment on yourself so that we could be set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God, I pray that we wouldn't be afraid of the exclusive claim that you make, but we would run toward it and embrace your cross. Asking for forgiveness, falling in love, and being different. 
And when people look at people of faith, may they see people that hearts are not troubled because they believe in you. Calm our hearts. Bring peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control through the power of your Holy Spirit, bringing glory to your name. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please join us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11 a.m. If you'd like any more information about Ogden Church, just visit our website at ogdenchurch.org or Facebook.